0: Thank you for joining us today, whether you are part of the Lighthouse family, be it on site, with us weekly, or tuning in online, we'd love to connect with you via our social media at Lighthouse Ely. It's on all our social media platforms. I hope this word encourages you and inspires you. Enjoy the message. Amen. I'm not sure why Megan brought me up here when I was busy dancing down there. I don't want to dance on front of here. You're welcome in Jesus' name. If you're watching from home, if you've just woken up, you're welcome in Jesus' name. Uh, if you're in your dining table having your breakfast, you're welcome. And for those that made it here, you're welcome in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we we'll thank you for your presence. We we'll thank you that we can dance in your presence. We thank you that because with you we can do all things. We thank you because our life is in your hands. We thank you for all you have done and you continue to do. Even as we share and as we go into your word this morning, Father, we thank you that you're with us. Your Holy Spirit is here, guiding and directing us. Open our eyes. Open our mind, may we see and experience your goodness this morning and this week in the land of the living, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, this morning, God has a word for us, but before I start, I'm going to ask a question. I love questions. I'm sure as we are all sat here, we've had something so difficult for us either now or in the past. So, I'm going to ask you to think in your lifetime, what is it that you have found so difficult to do? So, think about it and hold on to that thought. I'm going to start by reading the book of Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, and it says, Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher Of our faith. Some translation says the author and perfecter of our faith. And so the title of my message this morning is God Can. Amen. Whatever it is, just remember that God can. Now, I'm going to go back to the beginning. Genesis chapter 1. Let's go right back to the beginning. How Jesus created everything. See, when I ask the most difficult thing you've done, you see, we think that miracles were the miracles. Raising the dead, healing the sick. But really, the most difficult thing is to make something, to create something from nothing. Nothing. I mean, magicians do what they do, but it's all magic. You see, but just think about it. To create something from nothing, I think is the greatest, the most difficult thing to do. But in the book of Genesis chapter 1, the Bible says, God, they created heaven and earth. There was no heaven, there was no earth. There was no light. The Bible says... God said let there be light. There was no morning and there was no night. There was no sea, there was no land. There was no trees, there was no grass or fruit. See, we talk of climate change. God pioneered climate change. You know, he knew that we needed vegetation, fresh water, air to breathe. There was no animals there was There was no man and there was no woman. So if you put all this into perspective, you begin to understand that God, he did the most difficult bit in life. And when we think that, you know, whatever we see, you see, we wear clothes, we drive cars, we do this... These are all made from what God has created. Man cannot do anything from scratch. Now, people want to talk about evolution, this and that. I just, I just laugh and smile when they talk about evolution because they haven't got a clue what they're talking about. Maybe they evolved. I did not evolve. <laughs> Amen. Maybe they did. Because you have to ask yourself, people forget that as you all sat here, nobody is similar. You're all unique. Your fingerprints are unique. Everything about you is unique. There's no two Tom Cockerton. There will never be. Yeah? So that is how it is. Now, I will ask you, when you go home, go and look at these things. I'm going to mention them. There is a fall in Brazil called Iguazu Falls. It says it has 275 waterfalls. It's, be- it's one of the most beautiful places on earth. Now go and look at Siberian tiger. Go and look at mandarin fish. Go and look at the arctic fox. Go and look at the Indian people. Or peacock, go and look at macaw birds. Look at these creatures and go and read about these foes. How beautiful they are. You think those came out from explosion? I doubt it. Those are what God created. Those are what God made. And they are so difficult to make. And so that is why this morning, like I said, whatever it is, God can. Whatever it is, God can. So, my first point is this He is the author and perfecter of your faith. God is the author and perfecter of your faith. So let's look at how, number one, how is the author and perfecter of your faith? Do we remember about manna in the wilderness? The people of Israel were chased, they they were driven away from. God said to Moses, take my people and lead them to the promised land. And when they got to the wilderness, there was no food, there was nothing to eat. And they were moaning and crying and saying, what shall we eat? They said to, to Moses, you could have left us back in Egypt when we are eating meat and enjoying ourselves. And the Bible says, God, Moses went to God and said, what shall we do? These people are crying and moaning. And so God sent manna from heaven, and they were fed. They gathered, and they made manna, and they ate, and they carried on. He never stopped sending manna from heaven. The book of Exodus chapter 16, verse 35, it says, And the children of Israel ate manna forty years until they came to an inhabited land, They ate manna until they came to the border of the land of Canaan. Do you see what God has done there? God provided them with manna. Even though in the wilderness there was nothing, God provided them something. And he carried on for 40 years providing them with manna Until the Bible says they came to the near the land of Canaan. See, when you are in a situation when there is no solution, when there is nothing you can do about it, God will make a way because He can. Even in the wilderness, they could have died of hunger. God knew that there's nothing they can do. God knew that there was no way they're going to find food in the wilderness. And what did he do? He provided them food for 40 years until they approached a border to Canaan and the manor stopped. Why did he stop? Because God knew that at this point, they have a way of finding food. They can now go and search and conquer the land and begin to get food. So the the first point for us to understand that he is the beginning and the end, and out of nothing, he can make something. Number two is that whatever it is you have, it is enough. Amen. God can because whatever it is is enough. Now you remember about Moses and his staff. When God said to Moses, Go and get my people out of Israel, out of Egypt to Israel, to the land I'm promising them, Moses said, How can I do this? They won't even listen to me. He made excuses. One of his excuses was that, I can't speak. I'm a stammerer. Do you know what God, I always refer to this because it's amazing what God asked him. God asked Moses, who made your mouth? Anyway, they carry on that conversation. At the end, God had to show Moses a sign. God said to him, drop your staff on the ground. And when he dropped it, it turned to snake. He said again, pick it up. And when he picked it up, it turned back into his staff. God used that Moses staff to do wonders. When he got to Pharaoh, he used that staff to show Pharaoh and the, and the people of Israel that Moses was sent by God. So this staff was when they got to the sea with the Egyptian soldiers pursuing them and they were screaming and crying it was the same staff that he touched on the sea and the Bible says the sea parted and the people of Israel passed on the dry land through so the Moses staff was enough at that point because God can use the staff to do great and mighty things how about the the boy with five loaves and two fishes. You know, the thing is, they were in this isolated place. Jesus has been preaching. And people were tired and exhausted. Jesus knew that to tell the people to go without eating, that some of them would faint on the way. And he asked them, what do you have? He said, nothing. Nothing. We only have this bowl with five loaves and two fishes. You know, the thing is, sometimes I wonder, imagine if you were in that crowd. This is your packed lunch. Now they're asking you to bring your packed lunch to share among over 5,000 people. But Jesus was able to use only five loaves and two fishes because God can and to show the power and the might of God the bible says after feeding the 5000 remember the 5000 they counted was only men so there were more than 5000 what did they do he said jesus said then gather the remnants and what did they gather 12 baskets how does that work from 5 loaves and 2 fishes everybody ate and yet there were 12 baskets Why? Because God can. And so that is our second point to bear in mind. The third point to bear in mind is this you've got what it takes for God to do what He wants to do. I'll say that again. You've got what it takes. For God to do what He wants to do. Amen? You know, in in, in science and biology, we talk of enzymes and catalysts. You see, your faith is enough of a catalyst. You know, no wonder Jesus said, if your faith is as tiny as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, Be moved. So, whatever it is you have, it is enough. That little faith is enough. That, that power, that ability you have, it is enough. So, what it is, what is that thing you have in your hand? You know, people, may people have told you you can't do it. You are not able to do it. Or maybe you have told yourself, I'm not able to do it. God is telling you this morning that you can. I mean, you remember the, 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 the Kenna in Galilee. You remember they went for this wedding feast. That was the first miracle Jesus did. And they ran out of wine. And Jesus said, and, and Mary came around and said to Jesus, there's no wine. He said to Jesus, this is not my time. For Mary you no know, mothers and their children, and mothers and their sons. There's this bond and connection. He just went to the disciples, Mary, and said to them, whatever he says, do it. And so Jesus said to them, Fill jugs, fill the gallons with water. And they filled, you see, the thing, this is why I said, whatever you have is enough. They had water, they had gallons, that was enough. Their ability to fill the gallons with water, that was enough. Their obedience, to what God has called them to do, that was enough. And when they have filled the gallons with water, Jesus said, now draw it and go and give it to the guests. You know, knowing that they are the one that filled the gallons with water, you'll be worried, what is this man telling me to do? To go and give them water to drink rather than wine. But they obeyed and did as Jesus has commanded them. And the guests said that the, the wine they were drinking at the end was better than the wine at the beginning. Because they were wondering, hang on, when people go to parties and ceremonies, the best wines are served first. And he said to the, the, to the, to the household, you kept the best wine to the end. That was because... Jesus and God can. Also remember the blind Bartimaeus on the side of the road. He was blind. And the Bible says as Jesus was passing by, there was a commotion. He couldn't see, but he could hear. And he asked the people, what's going on? And they said to him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. He started screaming and shouting. He heard his voice, the blind man, but he didn't have his eyesight. He had nobody, but he heard his voice. And so he screamed and shouted, Jesus of Nazareth, have mercy on me. They told him to keep quiet that he was making so much noise. And the Bible says, the more they told him to keep quiet, the louder he shouted. And the Bible said, Jesus stood still and said, Call him. And when they called, he said, When they called the blind man, he said, What do you want? Because he was on the side of the road begging, he could have wanted something else. I'm blind, but he said, "I want to see." And so Jesus said, "Go. Your faith has made you well." He said some translation talked about how he used clay to rub on his eyes and did it a couple of times, and he could see. Some translation said his faith, one way or the other, blind, but he his faith made him well because Jesus can. Because whatever he had, his voice was enough. His ability to to raise his voice above the voice of opposition was enough. His ability to persist was enough of a catalyst for him to transcend the oppositions that were coming against him. You see, so when people are telling you that that is impossible. You see, when you, raising of Lazarus was a wonderful miracle. Feeding of the 5,000 was a wonderful miracle. But God has done more, greater things than feeding of the 5,000. He has created man and woman. He has created all we can see because he can. And so the question begin is, how do you, if God can, if he's the beginning and the end, if all he needs is for us to rise above that, that stops us. If whatever we have is enough, then what is stopping us? Now, at this point, I'm going to ask, I know some of us, Are not enough. I know some people are making their list, or some people are thinking about their dinner or lunch. Now is the time. Listen carefully, two minutes. I'm going to read two passages in the Bible. First one is Matthew chapter 19, verse 26. Matthew chapter 19, verse 26. But Jesus looked at them and said to them, With men, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Amen. I'm going to read that again. But Jesus looked at them and said to them, With men, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. That's Matthew 19:26. I'm going to read Mark 10 27. Mark 10 verse 27. Well Jesus looked at them and said, "With men, it is impossible, but not with God. For with God, all things are possible." Now, these are two different disciples rep- saying what God has said, or what Jesus has said, that with God, all things are possible. Why did I want to read these two passages? Now, it's, it didn't say that all things are possible with God. You need to understand, you see, when, when, did, when God spoke to me about this particular passage. I haven't... See, when you read the Bible, sometimes you don't really grasp certain certain the way God releases or or ministers to us sometimes. God said to me, with God, then I had to go and check it because I've read the passage so many times all my life. What he said, with God, in all that words, What is he trying to tell us here? Put God first. Put God first. So with God, all things are possible. See, I have always told people, when you want to do anything, whatever it is, have you spoken to God about it? Have you asked God about it. It's no good starting on a journey and then asking God to come along. You have to say to God, I want to go on this journey. What do you think? Because with God, all things are possible. So, my, our message this morning is this put God first. Let God not be an after the fact. So when you are left with nothing, know that God can. When the voices of oppositions are many, just know that God can. When what is left cannot go far, Humanly speaking, remember that God can. When your ability and resources are limited in the eyes of men and women, remember that God can. He is a God of impossibility. He is a God that makes the impossible possible. He is the God that created us from nothing. And he can. And so that's the message for us this morning. So we need to remember that God has made us the way we are. God created us from nothing. God is a God of impossibility. God is the one that can, even when there's nothing, he will make it happen. He did it to the Israelites in the wilderness. Out of nothing, he fed them. He created the world out of nothing. We should also remember that he is a God that with any smallest thing we have, he can multiply it. Amen? He can multiply it. And finally, we should also remember that we have our path to play. There is something we need to do. Sometimes God is asking us as catalysts, as enzymes that we can do something about it. He is asking us to go forward. You know, Jesus said to the disciples, go you into the world and preach the gospel because he wanted to walk through us. And so, as I begin to close this message, I want us to understand that in everything, God can. He is a God of impossibility. That we should put him at the center of what we do. If you're here, I'm assuming that we are all children of God. If you're watching from home, I'm also assuming that all children of God. But my, my prayer right now is that If you haven't given your life to Christ, today is the day. Whether you are home, whether you're here, my prayer this morning as I join with you is that God will meet you where you are in the name of Jesus. Maybe you're praying for someone, friend or family member God will meet you right now because he is a God that can. He is saying do not give up because he will make the impossible possible. All we need to do is to put him first, not as after fact, because he can. And so, Jesus, we thank you this morning. We thank you because you are a God that can. We thank you that you are a God that makes the impossible possible. We thank you that with God all things are possible. And so, Father, in whatever it is, that impossibility, that voices that are saying that we cannot, that voices that saying that it is not enough, that voice that is saying that that, that our our effort is not enough father in the name of jesus will arise and will take the victory in the name of jesus because the god we serve has said that he can and we agree that jesus can we pray in jesus name and we say Amen. amen